0: Wonderful to see you all this morning and welcome to Oceans United Christian Center. Thank you for coming out this morning. Amen. And um, you know, it's really exciting what's going on on the planet right now. For those of you that are watching social media and different places right now, let me tell you, the Lord is moving powerfully across the globe for me what's even more exciting is that he is moving right here in the US in a powerful 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 way I am very encouraged because I see now uh, you know again I I haven't fact-checked this but I'm hearing that there are many many other schools other than Asbury that are having major moves of God where there are many campuses of young people turning to the Lord I can kind of imagine, you know, you know how colleges are. They're very competitive, you know. So like, you know, they like want it as well. You know, they want the presence of God as well. And that's drawing these young people to the Lord. And the Lord is responding. He is responding. But he's responding all over. I tell you what, he is responding all over, all over the planet. And we're excited about what God is doing here at Oceans, what he's doing in your life. Amen. If nothing's happening in your life, it's entirely your own fault (laughs) because He is here and He is wanting to meet with you this morning. I'm very excited because of the last few weeks we've been, we've kind of been in very foundational type stuff and as much as I love getting into the meaty things of the Word, sometimes it's just the simple things that really is what we need to hear, just the things that You know, they they foundational, and we've been talking about salvation and baptism and just real sort of foundational stuff. But man, we've seen an incredible response. People getting saved, people getting baptized, both last week and this week. You know, we have had people get saved and baptized, same day. You know, I mean, that's just awesome, you know. You know, in the first service, we had someone that got saved, first time gave their life to the Lord, and in that baptismal pool, and that's just so exciting. Man, it's like the book of Acts all over again, and that's what I am excited about, that there's just, there's this anticipation, this excitement, this life of the Spirit that's here, and, and just, you know, don't miss the hour of visitation, guys. Don't miss what God is doing. So in the process of all of this taking place, you know, this week as I was preparing, you know I really believe the Lord wants me to sort of stick to that in just kind of going to something that I believe is almost like foundational, next sort of step type of thing. Where do we go from here? You know, where do we go from here? As believers, we've given our lives to Jesus. We know that salvation is the most important thing. I think sometimes in different church circles, we, 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 don't, we don't pay enough attention to salvation. Salvation is so important. There are people out there that are not saved and we can give them a lot of stuff we can feed them we can clothe them and we should we can help them we can counsel them we can but if you want to give them something that will really be meaningful it's to lead them to Jesus it's to let them come to know the person of Jesus Christ that their lives would be changed and transformed forever you know, this morning I'm going to be talking about, you can put the title on the screen now. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> I'm saved. Now what? What's next? What's the next step? What do we do now? Before we do that, I just want to just over something because I just think we need to make sure our perspective is clear. Outside of salvation, outside of Jesus, there is no life. John 14, 6, Jesus said said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Does that mean that no one comes to the Father, no one can communicate with Him outside of Jesus? Yes. Does that mean that you can't get to heaven outside of Jesus? Yes. Which is right? Yes. Both. All of it. There's no other way. To be saved. There's no other way. There is no other hope. Outside of Jesus, you are dead. But with Him, you come alive. You are born again. Your spirit is regenerated. You are given life and life abundance. And now your life truly begins. You are born again. You're like this little infant. It starts afresh. Your shame, your past, your the, the horrible stuff you did, God has removed it from you like it never ever was there. Acts four twelve says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no life. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. There is none besides Him. And I'm so grateful that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm grateful for you that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So now you get saved and, and your spirit is born again and, and you become this new person on the inside. But on the outside, there's some things that still need to take place. How many of you know that the day you got saved, you didn't come out and could quote the Old Testament word for word. You didn't know the Hebrew and Greek meanings to words. You may even have slipped up in the beginning and cussed. You laugh because you're still doing it now 20 years later. You see, that's the problem. And this is not a condemnation thing. But the next step after salvation is transformation. You see, we are regenerated on the inside. We are made whole and made new. But we have this big problem, which is our mind our minds are still very much influenced, affected by the things of this world. What do I mean by that? Culture, upbringing, friends, different things that you watch and read and listen to, they will influence the way that you think. Now you've gotten saved, the Holy Spirit is present with you on the inside of you. You still have to learn how to hear Him. And you kind of like want to change, but you don't really know how to. So what is the next step for every believer? What is the next thing that we should do? The next thing after the rebirth experience is to be transformed. You should not stay the same way that you are after you get saved. Or let me rather say this, you should not stay the same way that you were after you get saved. Now, it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. God will begin to change you and transform you in a process. Some people it happens really fast. They have this radical encounter with the Lord and man they give up drugs, they give up everything in one one split second. They think they've given up everything, but really they're still very very evil on the okay. Just every one of us has issues and even the ones that you see with certain things that give up they still got us to work on us I've been saved a long time I've been a pastor for many many years God is still transforming me every day thank you Jesus I don't want to stay the same way but this is not something for the mature believer this is something for the, the baby Christian now you're saved now you've given your life to Jesus you can't stay the same anymore you have to begin to transform and it should be your desire well you know I don't really feel like getting say, Well, I, I question your salvation because if you've made him Lord of your life that means that now you want to give your life to him I've taught you this so transformation is the next step transformation Romans 12 verse number 2 says this Romans 12 Verse number two, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. At this point, you should say, how? And he tells us, look, by changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Listen, God has a plan for your life. But that plan includes the new you. You have to change and transform to begin to understand the purposes and the plans that God has for you. The first thing you must realize is that as a new believer, the place where you start is in God's Word. This is foundational. Most of you know this already. The place that we begin in our walk with God, once we've given our lives to Him, is the Word of God. Because it's His Word that will reveal to us what truth really is. Are you with me? It's His Word that is like our book of life, like our manual to life. This is how you should do it. Open up to page one. But most of us are the, like, we all, like we are with real manuals. Bring me the screwdriver. Manual goes to the side. I know what to do, right? How does that work out for you? Don't you hate it? Like, listen, there's nothing worse for me. I've got this huge project. I'm like, there's no way I'm reading that manual. It's like half of it's in Chinese anyway, you know, so I leave it there, put it on the side, start putting it together. It's almost done, and there's this one piece, right? You see, that's the problem is when we don't go to God's Word we're going to end up having pieces that are missing. We're going to end up having parts that just, that don't fit, that doesn't make sense. And we don't understand why we're not changing. It's because we haven't gone to the source of the change. Take a look at what the Bible says. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. You see, if you need to know what the truth is, Scripture will tell you useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare us and equip us and equip his people to do every good work. He, it says, God uses us to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, God has a plan for you. Now you've gotten saved. You're not supposed to just float around and wait till you get to heaven and never change. Now the process of transformation begins. Now the exciting Christian life begins. Now we begin to discover our purpose and the plan that he has for us, and that is very exciting. But it includes our minds being changed. We need the Word of God. The Word of God is so powerful. John 17, 16 says this. These are the words of Jesus. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Who's he talking about? His disciples. Let me ask you a question. Are you a disciple? If you didn't answer me, I want you to know something. You either are or you aren't. The Bible doesn't say go into the world and make converts. It says go into the world and make disciples. Are you one or aren't you? So when you get asked the question, are you a disciple? it should be an overwhelming, yes. <laughs> you are a disciple. So he's talking to you. He says they do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy. How? That's what you should ask. By your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. That's how we become holy. The word of God transforms us. It changes our stinking thinking. It enables us to know the truth. It enables us to to find out how to navigate through life. When we have this problem, when we have this situation, when this situation or this thing comes, is it true? Is this right for us? Is it wrong for us? How should I conduct my marriage? How should I raise my children? How should I take care of my business? How should I treat my friends? The Bible tells us everything. It is the truth of God's Word and it transforms you. It changes your mind. The beginning of the process of transformation without any question is the Word of God. So you should desire the Word of God. I remember when I got saved in the beginning, I was so excited to get into the Word. I carried my Bible everywhere with me. I was like, man, it was awesome. I went to Bible school. I couldn't wait to get into Bible school. I was at Bible school Monday night. I was at Bible school Wednesday night, Thursday night, Tuesday night with cell group. Man, I was at work in the day. I was just, I couldn't stop. I loved it. Prayer meetings early in the morning. Man, I was on fire. Was awesome. And being in the Word, I just wanted to read the Word, listen to the Word, whatever I could do just to get the Word in me. Just wanted more of God's Word. It was so powerful, so life changing. As a believer, as a new believer, especially, it should be your desire to go into God's Word. There's so many ways I could teach you how to do this. One of the things that I do is I read the Bible in a year. So part of my daily devotional and this is just for free because I like you, you know. I get up in the morning and I have Logos on my computer so it sort of tells me where I am and how much I need to read to make sure I'm on track. I like to really get weeks ahead and there's always a little bit of a competition between me and my daughter because she's got all these Bible reading plans and I'm like, I'm far ahead of you, sweetheart. Just want to let you know, you know. So it's really a lot of fun. But you should just get into the Word. Whether you start in John or start in the New Testament, there's so many places. Get into the Word. Begin to search the Scriptures. Begin to read the Word. When you're discouraged, go to Psalms. It'll lift your spirit. When you need wisdom, go to Proverbs. When 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 you feel sorry for yourself, read Ecclesiastes. Then you'll realize that that you you know you're not alone. Amen. <laughs> The Bible has an answer to every solution, every situation, every situation you have, the Bible has an answer for it. The only difference is when we look outside for those answers, it doesn't give us life. Where these answers give us life and change us, transform us. Here's the problem though, is that that's where so many people stop. They think that all I need is the Word. The Word will change my mind. The Word will transform me. The Word's all I need. And many in the body of Christ, they really set themselves apart to seek the Scriptures. And they should. It's good. But knowledge alone is very dangerous. And the Bible warns us about this. Take a look at what it says. 1 Corinthians 8, verse number 1. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. He's saying, listen, you have knowledge about these things. But now's the warning. Knowledge puffs up. And then he throws this in, and it's so powerful. He says, says, but love edifies. So knowledge in itself is necessary, but on its own has the potential or ability to puff you up. And we see this so often in the church how, you know, we think that because we understand the Greek language and can break down the text, and then they talk about all these exothuses and these and that is and all these and the thosees. And it's good, but it's not all that we need. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is necessary. Listen to what 2 Timothy 3 verse number 5 says. Having a form of godliness but denying its power... And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Watch this now. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they continue to seek the scriptures, or they continue to be in the word, or in, in seeking knowledge, and, and, and seeking to, to have more understanding and, and to get their doctorates and all this stuff, and that's all good and necessary, but that in itself will cause you to always be blind in it with itself. You will never ever arrive at the truth with knowledge in itself. So, what else is necessary? What can help us so that that knowledge that we get really produces transformation and change in our lives? You see, the second key, and you all think you have the answer, but you're all wrong. I love it. The second key is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You thought it was prayer. Prayer is included in that. So we'll talk about that, not Today. But you see, the, the Word without the Spirit does not work. You need the Spirit. You see, here's the thing, is that in order to fully understand what God is saying in His Word, you must embrace the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit. We need the ministry of the Spirit to open our minds to open our hearts. Knowledge alone will not transform you. The true power of God revealed when the Word and the Spirit comes together will produce power to transform lives. You see, the transformation comes when the Spirit brings what's written to life. Are you with me? Watch this now. Oh, this is good. (laughs) And you know what the best part about it is? It's just the Word of God. Take a look at what this says. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 13. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until until this day, the same veil remains, unlifted, in the reading of the old testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. So so what happens is the veil is taken away in Christ. They couldn't understand. They couldn't really interpret what was really going on. The veil is taken away in Christ. But look at what he says now. He says, "But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, when you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away." So when you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. How do you turn to the Lord? How do we turn to the Lord? The comparison is Moses and God. Moses climbs up the mountain. He goes up the mountain. And when he's at the mountain, takes the veil off and he is speaking to God face to face. He is having an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, with God, with, with the Father. He is having an encounter with God. He is speaking to the Father. He and, and as he's speaking to the Father, he is being changed. He is being transformed. Are you with me? Now the Bible says, He says that nevertheless, when one turns away, so when one turns one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So we also can have that veil removed when we turn to the Lord. How many of you know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father? So then what part of God is with us now? The Holy Spirit. Now watch what he says. This is so powerful. He says, now the Lord is the Spirit. Everybody say now. Now. The Lord that is with you, like Jesus was with the disciples, that caused them to be transformed and changed When Jesus was on the earth, right now the Holy Spirit is the Lord and He is with you right now. In order for you to to be transformed, in order for you to be changed, you have to be in His presence. You have to be before Him. Are you with me? The veil is removed. The one that you have relationship with right now is the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's here. He's the one that's here with us right now. The ministry of the Spirit is essential for the life of every believer. Because while you are with the Spirit, you see, when I pray, I don't have to be religious about this and go, oh, you know, I have to now specifically make sure that I'm only speaking to the Holy Spirit. No, I go to God and I say, Father, and I begin to pray and speak to Him as a child speaks to His Father. But then as I get into the relational side, I'll address Him as Holy Spirit. You must understand that they are always working together. In the beginning was the Word. What was the Word? Jesus is the Word. But the Bible also says that in the beginning, the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep. He was also there. Are you with me? Now watch this. He says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, watch this now, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. How? Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Man, this is powerful. If you understood it, you would be shouting and screaming and clapping and jumping what you don't realize. You see, unfortunately in church circles, when we see where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or there is liberty, we think it's a reason to act unruly. Now there's nothing wrong with getting excited for Jesus. But what he's really saying is, listen, the veil has been removed. Now the Holy Spirit is with you. And just like Moses was able to go and the veil was taken away and he was able to look face to face with God. What does the Bible say? That Moses spoke to God as a man speaks to his friend face to face. The Bible wants you to know that you have the same privilege, the same benefit, that you can go with the Holy Spirit, to the Holy Spirit, and behold Him. And with the Word of God will begin to change you and transform you. But you have to have the Spirit. Because He's the one who does it. Man, listen to this. When Moses went up the mountain, what did God give him? The Word. The Law. He gave him the Word. And he could only get it in the presence of God. You will only get the Word, the truth of the Word, when you are in His presence. That's why he says you are beholding His glory. And you are transformed into the same image. Just as by the Spirit of God, it's only His Spirit that can do that. So the Word and the Spirit have to work together hand in hand. Without the Word, you will never be able to fully transform. You won't know how, but you can never transform without the Spirit because if you do, the Bible says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Man, I hope some of you are getting this this morning. Are you getting it? Amen. All right. (laughs) All right. I just want you to know the first service, they were like we had a party at this point. Just you know. Amen. All right. Woo. Watch this now. Proverbs one twenty three. You see, the Spirit and the Word must work together, and when the Spirit comes, He always brings and confirms the Word. Take a look at what it says. Turn at my rebuke, surely. I will pour out my Spirit on you. Why? I will make my words known to you. So He pours out His Spirit on you for what purpose? To make His Word known to you. Why? So that you can begin to change. So that not only can you change, but you can also be empowered by His Spirit. Jesus said, He said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. You shall receive Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you cannot you cannot ignore the ministry of the Holy Spirit, because He's the one. He's the part of God that is here right now. Like the Father was with Moses on the mountain, like Jesus was with His disciples when He walked with them and changed them and transformed them, like the Holy Spirit is with you and I right now. You have the ability to be transformed. So powerful. The Bible teaches us in John 4, verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. His word is truth. And you can interpret truth however you want. Even if you have to say, well, I come before him just open and truthful. Well, how do you measure that truth? By the word. So there's no question. We come before God. Naomi and I were talking last week. We were discussing one of the sermons and we were talking about sometimes because we spoke about the sermon where I spoke about deceiving, being deceived by your heart. And we were discussing how sometimes it's really hard to see whether your heart is deceived or not. So how do we we measure or how do we discover that our hearts have been deceived? And I said to her, you know, I really believe That the way that we can do that is to take that situation, whatever it is that you're questioning in your life, take your feelings, your emotions out of it, and measure it by the Word. You'll have your answer. You may not like your answer, but you'll have your answer. At that point, you have a choice. What will you do? Will you submit to your feelings or will you submit to the Word? When you submit to the Word, that's when you begin to change. That's when your mind begins to change. That's when you begin to transform. And remember, guys, this is a process. This doesn't happen overnight. Amen. It's actually kind of meaty, actually, right? Okay. It's not that foundational after all, but this is like basic stuff. You need the Spirit to open your eyes, to illuminate your eyes. To, so that you can see what the Bible is saying, so that when you read it, it changes you. You see, the letter kills, the Spirit gives life. Without the Holy Spirit, you will struggle in your sin, I assure you. It will be so hard for you to do and be obedient to God because without the Holy Spirit's help, help it's not love. It's the Holy Spirit. The relationship, the fellowship, the intimacy like Moses had with God on the mountain that causes you to be totally different. Moses was not the same. After being with Jesus, in the beginning he couldn't talk, he had a terrible temper, okay, it slowly got better, you know, but he began to be transformed more and more and more while he was with God, as God was revealing His Word to him, he was in the presence of the Lord, he was being changed by the Spirit, by the presence of God, he was being changed by the Word of God, he would take it down the mountain to those that were down in the valley, he would give them the Word and it was a hard thing because they didn't have the Spirit the way he had but you with unveiled face have been given this privilege that you can be transformed that you can be changed but you must desire to have that fellowship with him don't stay at the the bottom of the mountain you see the word is so important but the fellowship with the one who is the word is so important as well Luke 4, verse 18 says this. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We all know this when, he, when He's in the temple or in the, in the synagogue. He gets up and he, and he quotes from the book of Isaiah. But take a look at what the Bible says. Right after this, because He has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel. The Spirit and the Word right there. Straight away, the first thing we see Unfortunately, I have to bring a balance to this. You see, there is another side of it too where there are many believers, they get saved in a place that really does embrace the things of the Spirit. And what happens to them is they neglect the Word. They neglect the Word and they just focus on spiritual things. And unfortunately, many of them get led astray. Many of them become flaky. I mean, it is what it is, you know. And unfortunately, it's not—it's not good. The same way that the word in itself is not good without the spirit. It's not that it's not good; it's just that it doesn't have its full effect in your life. The spirit without the word can cause you to go into great deception. Take a look at what the Bible says. First John four verse one: Beloved, do not believe every spirit; every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You must test every spirit. But let me warn you. Don't just look for the spirits out there. Check the one in you. Check the voice that spoke to you. Well, you know, the Lord said, Pastor Alex, that I must just do this and this and this. Oh, really? That doesn't line up with Scripture. No, Pastor Alex, you know, I really think that I should do this. I really feel this way. No. No. That's not in line with Scripture. No, but I know, I just know, I just know. I can just feel, I feel. You feel too much, men. What does the Bible say? I love you enough to tell you it's not God. It's not God. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, that's why you need the Word and the Spirit. Because it's the Word and the Spirit that will transform you, that will change you. That will cause you to begin to see the light and walk into the light. The Bible says that the Word is like a lamp unto your feet. It shows you the path that you should take. It gives you everything you need. But let me tell you something. Without the Spirit, you cannot see clearly. You have to have the Spirit. And you have to have the fullness of the Spirit. Let me put it to you this way. Imagine Moses goes up the hill, up the mountain, and he's with God. God is beginning to show him things. And he says to God, you know, God, I don't really know. I don't really know if this part I I, want to accept. In Scripture, the description of what we are supposed to embrace when it comes to the Holy Spirit is very detailed and has never changed in any dispensation. The Bible says that it's the same yesterday, today and forever. We must embrace the fullness of the Spirit. Does it make you any less saved if you don't? No, it doesn't make you less saved. It just causes you to not be able to be fully transformed. Because there are aspects in your life that will be without power. I've encountered so many Christians, wonderful Christians, that know the Word really well, but don't know the Holy Spirit, have no relationship with Him. And yes, they have knowledge, but there's no life there. And they've struggled in their walk for so many years. And then I've met Christians that are that are just all about the spirit and have no word, and it's like they get tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They post everything on Facebook about how that church they, they've got it right now. You know, they they that's the right thing there. This church is our church is bad now. Why? Because they don't see clearly. Oceans is perfect. We all know that. You know, why would you ever go and say anything bad about us? I mean, we just are, you know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please, I'm joking. There is no perfect church, guys. But I will say this. Make sure that you seek the Word and the Spirit. Okay, one more thing, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, One or two more things. (laughs) Watch this now. We all know the story of Paul. When Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, he has this powerful encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes and and he's basically in hiding. He's blinded, the Bible says. God sends Ananias to him, and Ananias lays his hands on Paul. Take a look. Acts 9 verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight. Everybody say sight. Look at me quickly, everybody. What you may not know about Paul is that he was a scholar of scholars, a Hebrew of Hebrews. This guy knew the word like you cannot believe. Unfortunately, he did not recognize Jesus. He did not have the spirit. He was blind. So when God encounters the scholar of scholars, this Hebrew of Hebrews, he causes him to become blind physically. When Ananias comes to him and lays his hands on him, the Bible says, "Brother Saul, take a look at this. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight. I truly believe this is so important that we catch this. Yes, it's in the natural, but it's also in the spirit. He says that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Listen, when you embrace the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit in every form that he is, You will go deeper. You will grow more. The mysteries, the secrets, the hidden things of God, He will begin to reveal to you. You must seek Him. You must seek relationship with Him. You must seek the Word. You must get into the Word. But you must also desire the person. You must also desire the relationship. You must understand, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is here. You are allowed to love Him. He is God. You are allowed to spend time with him and 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 and, and enjoy his company. He is not an angel or some weird thing. He is God. 100% God. Well, you know, I just want to stick with Jesus then you better get with the Holy Spirit because if you don't, you'll never even know Jesus. You'll never understand Jesus. You'll never comprehend the love of Jesus. You'll never be able to see as Jesus saw. The Holy Spirit is the one who will open your eyes. The Holy Spirit is the one who will teach you and show you. The Holy Spirit and the Word. The Bible talks about about the bread of life. And we all know in scholastic circles that it's referring to the Word of God. The bread of life is the Word of God. How many of you know that if you don't have food to eat, we know that that was the staple diet in the days of old. Without food, without bread, you will die. But the Holy Spirit is referred to as rivers, as water, living water that will flow out of your belly. What will happen to you without that water? So what's the the solution? You need both. You need to walk with God and have a relationship with Him. You need to be like Moses was. That it's your desire to pursue the Holy Spirit, to go up there. He says it plainly, clearly. He says, listen, the Lord is the Spirit. He's saying, church, you need to get it. It's the Lord. He's the Spirit. He's the one that's with you. Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to send another helper to you. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to help you. He'll open up the Scriptures to you. Amen. The Word and the Spirit. No emphasis on one or the other only. Both. Because without one, it's like the, you, you're blind. You need both. You need both to lead you. You need both to guide you. The next step in the life of a believer is transformation. And the only way that will take place is if you embrace both. You can study the Word, brother. Your life will never change without the Spirit. Truly, truly change. Truly change. In every aspect that it it can. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I haven't got time to teach you about that, but that's an expression of the Spirit. He comes within you, but He also comes upon you. When He comes upon you, it's to empower you to do the work of God. But that work starts in you. It's the Holy Spirit. Man, when I wake up in the mornings, I go into my room. I was telling the Bible school class this week. In the past, I used to get up and just begin to pray. And I still get up and always say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. If I'm religious and you think so, that's okay. I just like to do it. I like to tell the whole Trinity, good day. And then I get up and I go and and the first thing I do now is I get into the Word. And while I'm in the Word and I'm searching the Scriptures, something will jump out at me. And normally that's the thing that draws me to Him. It's His Word that draws me to Him. And then with that Word, I begin to pray and I begin to thank Him. And I begin to, man, I get so excited sometimes, guys. When I'm reading scripture and the Holy Spirit opens my eyes and illuminates something to me, not something new. It's always been there. We just, I never saw it before. And now he opens up my eyes and then I begin to pray. And while I'm praying, because of the word and because of the spirit that has opened my eyes to this truth, I begin to transform. I begin to change. This is my desire for each and every one of you. That you would desire to walk with the Holy Spirit and that you would desire to seek the scriptures with all of your heart. Because the combination of the two will cause you to become everything God has called you to be. And you will have the most adventurous life. I didn't say easy life. I said adventurous. I will never forget a prophet once said to me, God does not promise you a rose garden young man. And I was like, can't you take that part out of the prophecy, please? (laughs) The difference is that now when things go tough, I know where my strength comes from. My strength comes from the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. We honor you. We're going to go more into this, Father. We're going to talk about prayer and seeking your face. But this morning, I pray that every person in this place would have a desire, God, to seek your word, and at the same time, just as much a desire to seek your face. Like Moses went up the mountain, God, I pray you will take us into the secret place where we have been blessed, the veil has been removed, and face to face we can speak with you, and you will transform us from glory to glory, just as the image of our precious Savior, Jesus. It's Your Word and Your Spirit that changes our hearts. Father, I thank You for every person. Lord, I pray that anyone in this place this morning that is just having a a hunger in their heart, Lord, that You will draw them this morning. Holy Spirit, You know everyone individually by name. You know everything going on in their lives. This morning, I pray that You draw them. Draw them, Jesus. Draw them, Holy Spirit, to yourself. We love you so much, God. We honor you. We, we honor you, Father. You are the one who changes us. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I, this is, I want this. I, I need this. I want to say to you that remember how I started the message this, this morning. If you don't know Jesus, you can't experience this transformation. It starts with salvation. You have to give your life to Him. See, you have to give your life. That means you have to say, Lord, here's my life. You've given yours for me. I give mine to you. If you've come here this morning, you say, Pastor Alex, this, I can, I know this is God. I want, I want to do this. I want my life to be transformed. It starts with salvation. And if you've come here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I would like to give you the opportunity this morning to give your heart to Him. So if you've come here and you say, Pastor Alex, that's me. This morning, I want to give my heart to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand real quick so I can pray for you. God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me. I see your hand in the back. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Last call for this. If you've come here and you want to accept Jesus in your heart this morning, Slip your hand up real quick. That's the best decision you'll ever make. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand in the back. Thank you so much. If you've come here this morning and maybe you used to serve the Lord, but even what I spoke about this morning, you've never had that desire. You you feel lost. You feel away from the Lord. You feel like you've, you're, like, you're not, not serving Him the way that you should. And this morning you want to rededicate your life to Him. You want to say, Lord, today for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. My past is in the past. Today, I make a new commitment to you. If that's you, raise your hand. I'll include you in this prayer. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much, man. Anybody else? Last call. You want to be included. This is is what I was talking about. Don't miss your hour of visitation this morning. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. I see hands going up all over there. God bless you guys. Listen to me. If you raised your hand, don't stay in your seat. Quickly come to the front. I want to pray for you. Quickly come. Don't don't stay in your seat. Come quickly. God bless you guys. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. God bless you, sir. I was waiting for you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. If you raised your hand... Don't stay in your seat. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come. There was many more of you that raised your hand. Don't be afraid. Let's give them a big round of applause. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Can you move just a little bit back? Just move them a little bit back. Because I want to minister to each and every one of them. Amen. Amen. We're going to wait for these guys to make their way. What an awesome, awesome, awesome thing that's happened here. Amen. God bless you guys. Man, God is working in your heart so much. Amen. Yours too. All of you, the Lord is busy working. We thank you so much, Father. Those of you that came out, and I know there were others too, I just want you to do me one favor. We're going to pray a prayer in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer from your heart this morning. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you make Him the Lord of your life, that you will be saved. So will you pray that with me this morning? Let's all say, Father, church, let's all pray this. Father, I come to you today. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. My life is yours. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. I'm going to ask some of my leaders to just come up behind them. I just want to bless you guys. Bless you. Amen. God bless you. The beginning of a new life for you. Amen. Young man, God bless you. Oh, what a beautiful child. You okay, brother? Amen. Amen. This is a new beginning. Amen. Amen. Man, the Lord is touching you this morning. It's a new beginning for you. Amen. He's going to heal your heart as well. Amen. Sir, just receive His mercy. Receive His grace and His love this morning. In Jesus' name. Young man, it's a new beginning for you. Amen. Young lady, God bless you. Sir, be blessed this, this morning in the name of Jesus. Ma'am, it's a new start. Amen. It's a new beginning. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys, if you look over there, there's that handsome pastor over there with the glasses on. If you can just turn to him, we're going to just pray for you and just get some information. Just go with him. Church, let's give them a big God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys. Just follow them up. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give them one more clap. What an an amazing thing. Hallelujah. I want to remind you that if you want to get baptized this morning, we are still baptizing, so we'll be baptizing you over here. If you've come here and your heart's been stirred up and you say, well, Pastor Alex, I don't have clothes, but I really feel I should get baptized. Don't worry. we got clothes for you. So you can just see Maria over there. She'll take your name and stuff. The guys are getting ready to baptize. We would love for you to get baptized. It's a commandment. We should do it. If you're thinking, well, should I or shouldn't I? Don't wait. Don't ask anymore. Just do it. Amen. Let me pray for you, Father. We love you. We honor you. We bless you. Father, we are blessed because of you. And I pray for each and every person this morning. I pray the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father. And the fellowship, the relationship with the Holy Spirit be with each of them as they leave this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Go in His peace and we'll see you next week.